And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with Miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Although, actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Money Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the savvy Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's a mystery episode of The Whistler from 1948. But first, it's Name That Tune. Lisa Wolf Cullen will play short clips from popular disco songs. Right, Lisa? That's it. And a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named David and I will try to name that tune. So, Lisa, please say hello to David. Hi, David. Hi, David. Welcome. Oh, hey, Carl. Hey, Lisa. How you doing? Good. Great. Great to have you with us. How are you, David? Always good to be with you guys. You know, just before we started this hour, David, I said to Lisa, I've got an idea for a, a game. We'll, we'll pick two <laughs> movie stars, and the contestant has to decide which movie star is older. She goes, I hate that. That's a terrible idea. I didn't say That's it like that. That's an awful idea. I don't like that idea. I said, okay. well, why don't That's you tell me not, how you really feel about it? That's not how it went. Just to clarify, what I said was that it stinks. I that's don't like not what that I said idea. either. I said, "Who cares?" <laughs> that was my oh, exact. Oh, like, who cares who... if one one guy it is forty be, and one guy is fifty? It could like, be interesting. How is that interesting? It could to be interesting. I found it uninteresting. So anyway, David, that's what I deal with. Here. Anyway, this is I what I deal with. He to, literally outright lies. I ask her not to pop her peas, and she. She's been, and he literally makes just up crap, so mean so. to me after. after so this that. has not been fun yeah. for us today. So, so maybe well, you, you can know, I, have to, fun. I, I end up siding with Lisa because Lisa's like the ultimate cool. You yeah, know? well, that's Aww. okay. You can side with her. That's all <laughs> right. I it. still like you, Dave. I, I like to keep it. him in line a little bit. He doesn't. He comes with some <laughs> ideas that aren't necessarily interesting <laughs> to the listeners. So I, just, I, at least I come up with ideas. You know, right, that because you shoot down. Well, right, because I have to make sure we talk about the good stuff. So. That's true. Like name that tune, which I came up right, with. Right, I'm and, sure you did. No, I did. Yeah. Um, and so we've got some disco music. That's a little and more. And David's very good player. Yeah, and so. that's a little more interesting than um, who is older, Barry or Maurice, like okay. Gib. Who well, cares? Well, I I care. Well, but, then you should look it up. All right. So in any ways, yes. um, we're going to start uh, with the first song. And as soon as you know the title of the song, shout it out. Okay. It's all disco music. All right. Here's the first song. How deep is my love? I'll accept that. It's how deep is your love, but so close. I'll take it. When you rise in the morning sun, 
Do we have to hear you sing now? <laughs> I'm one of the it's Beaches. I, I'm I one of the Beaches. I'm the Beaches, though. I know. <laughs> yeah, he sounds just like him. So this was written and recorded by the Bee Gees in 1977 and used on the soundtrack to the film Saturday Night Fever. It was. It was used on the, in the movie, huh? It was. Wow. I remember when I was younger, this was the song that we would slow dance to. How deep is your love? It is. It is a great song. All right. All right. I'm up by one day. Yes, you are. All right. Moving on. Uh, this song uh, came out in 1983. Rain and Men. Yes. David. It's raining Men. This is the Weather David. Girls from their studio called Success. 1983 received a Grammy nomination for Best R&B Performance. I know my Here disco. Yeah, I was going to say, Not bad, right? Disco's his thing. If I play some musicals, he can, he'll just about leave the studio. Rain and men. It's rain and men. Hallelujah. See, and I have to listen to this. Hallelujah. Is wearing a white suit at this very moment. Yes. No, kind of a beige a leisure suit. I got my platform shoes on, though, and my, goes, and my well, Italian horn. It. It's raining, man. All right, so I'm up by two, David. All come right. on now, man. Know, come on, come on, come on. All right, here we go. Next song. Mm-hmm. Do it. Come on, guys, do what? Do the... Do it. Do the hustle. Do the hustle. That's right, it. David. That is absolutely right. This is by Van McCoy in the Soul City Symphony. Two to one. Two to one. Number one in 1975. Do the hustle. Here it comes. Do you remember doing the they hustle? Used, oh, yeah. They, they used to do this song on Dance Fever. Yeah, Dance Fever. I used to do this song at parties. Love the hustle. It's great. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) You got to have on bell bottoms for that. That's right. Must. It's a must. And a silk shirt that you would keep unbuttoned all the way to your belly button. (laughs) It's it's a very attractive look, I just might add. Yeah. (laughs) We love that. (laughs) I'm sure women just love that. Oh, yeah. They love that. We love that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it worked for uh, Tom Jones for a long time. Yes, it did. Yeah, that's for sure. Yes, it did. But no more. (laughs) All right, so it's two to one. All right, next song. Disco Inferno. Yes. Disco Inferno. This is the Tramps. So this was only somewhat successful until it was included on the soundtrack to the Saturday Night Fever film in 77. It was re-released and it uh, went to number 11. Disco Inferno. Also covered by Tina Turner and Cyndi Lauper. Mm -hmm. Disco Inferno. I went to a lot of discos when I was a kid, I man. Know. I used to go to, uh, um, I'm trying to think. It was called uh, the Axle Roller Ring. I went there, too. Axle Roller Ring. Yes, I went there. Oh, yeah. Did you at least yeah. I went there, too. Wow. I did. Really? Yes, David? I probably saw you yeah. guys there. Wow. 
We didn't know each wow. other, but we were all there, probably. We were all there. Man, isn't that uh, something? Isn't that crazy? Think about that. that. The three of us were at Axel, Axel. Roller Rink. And we used to go to in the, the 70s. Yes, that's exactly right. Isn't that crazy, David? Wow. wow. Yeah, totally. Where was the Axel located? Um, like Melrose Park or something. Oh, no, like that? I didn't go to that one. There must have been another one. I think it was Stone like Park or something like that. Wheeling area or something. I don't know. I All right, know. so um, I'm, right. Up, I'm up three to All one right, here, David. David. Here Come we on, go. David. Come uh, on, this David. song released uh, in 19, okay. 1982. Tonight, tonight we're gonna make it I'm so excited. There it is. All right. I'm so excited by the Pointer Sisters. Yeah. Yep. So this was released in 82, had a re-release in 1984. And it was number 23 on the list of 100 greatest girl groups of all time. Pointer Sisters. Pointer Sisters. about being on your show. There yes. we go. Thanks, David. Well, we love to have you as well. Yeah. We've got one you know, more song You know, you know this group, you know what they used to say a lot of times? I'd like to point something out to you. Uh, see, David, you see what I have to laugh at? It's just really difficult. Was that on a Dixie Riddle cup or something? <laughs> I don't even think it got that far. <laughs> Sometimes we have little jokes on the popsicle sticks. It's a close game. Uh... I'm up three to two, but it's a close All right, game here. Here's the last song. All right, come on, Ready? David. You could time me. Let's here. go. 1975. Shake your booty. Shake, 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 shake your booty. No, it's the other one. It's the other. It's, Casey. it's Casey and the Sunshine Band, but a different song. Yes, yeah, the other one. Um, What's it called, Carl? Here it is. That's the way I like That's it. That's the way. That's the way I like it. I yeah. like it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I think you both sort of said uh, it yeah, right tied, at, the, at the chorus. You both get a half a point That's for that cool. one. Yeah, we tied. No, we tied. We both said it at the same time. So uh, we ended up oh, we ended man. up we ended up uh, pretty, pretty close. close. It's like a tie. It's like a tie, David. Um, okay. So I'll uh, for that. guess what? I'm going to send you a four CD set of the Twilight Zone radio dramas. Do you like those? I love them. Oh, They're awesome. great. I love them. Ah, that sounds great. David, you're a great player. Yeah, we David, it's fun to have show. you on the show, and it's fun to hear from you always. Yep. Have a great night, buddy. And I love being in your radio club. Oh, thank <laughs> you so much. So I really nice. appreciate that. Thanks so much, my friend. When we come back, Bye-bye. it's Bye. The Whistler from 1948. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening, who should call right now? Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. 
Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. I think you're doing a little bit better job of not popping your peas there, Lisa. Well, so thanks you, for educating me, Carl. Yeah, I, uh, I really appreciate you're your doing much, much better. And David is a great player. Oh, the best. You know, he's just so much fun to play the game with. And um, we we sort of tied on the disco. And we were all at Axel Roller Rink we together. Were. Maybe a different one. I Discoing don't know, but... and, and I'm a terrible roller uh, blader but or whatever you call singer. roller skater. You're a great singer. Well, I thank you. I, yeah. I've got yeah. the videos to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> don't post those under any circumstances. You better be nice to me. <laughs> under any circumstances. Well, we have a great episode now of The Whistler. This was a mystery series that premiered in 1942. And it was sponsored for a while by Signal Oil. And it was only heard on the West Coast. It's so weird. This show was so popular, and it never was a coast-to-coast show. It was only heard on the West Coast. And then there was other versions of it in Chicago and on the East Coast. They would have to do a whole new... I don't know why. really doesn't make any sense. I don't know why, because this was a top show. I mean, it's a really big show. Orchestra, the whole nine yards. They used all the great radio actors... From the West Coast, like Jack Webb, Gerald Moore, Elliot Lewis, William Conrad, Joseph Kearns stars in this particular episode. And there was always a twist ending on The Whistler that made it, you know, different than other mystery shows. So this is called Return Engagement from March 10th, 1948. Here's part one now of The Whistler. You're about to hear The Whistler. But first, a special announcement for California listeners only. Beginning next week with California Daylight Saving Time, the Whistler will be heard in California only one hour later at 8.30. Remember, this time change to 8.30 is for California listeners only. And now, the Signal Oil Program, The Whistler. That whistle is your signal for the Signal Oil program, The Whistler. I am the Whistler. And I know many things, for I walk by night. I know many strange tales hidden in the hearts of men and women who have stepped into the shadows. Yes, I know the nameless terrors of which they dare not speak. Yes, friends, it's time for the Signal Oil program, The Whistler. Rated tops in popularity for a longer period of time than any other West Coast program in radio history. And Signal gasoline is tops, too. Tops in quality. It takes extra quality, you know, to give you extra mileage. And Signal is the famous go-farther gasoline. So look for the Signal circle sign in yellow and black that identifies friendly dealer-owned Signal stations from Canada to Mexico. And now the Whistler's strange story. 
Return Engagement. There was nothing left now. A crumbling profile. A book of press clippings that were yellower than they ought to be. A few pats on the back from people who wanted to be kind. That was all. Yes, Elliot Dorn was dead, as an actor at least. His career murdered in cold blood with ten inches of newsprint. And there was nothing left for Elliot now that the play had closed, but a burning hatred for the man who had done it. A drama critic named Sheldon Craig. Two days of brooding alone in a hotel room can do things to a man's mind. And by the second evening, it seemed to Elliot not only natural, but just that the murder of his reputation be avenged with murder of a more concrete sort. It was eight o'clock, and he stood at the window of his room looking down at the sea of sparkling lights. Times Square, Broadway, the Empire State. Yes, it was going to be hard to leave it all. Yes? This is Joe Randall at the airport. Oh, Joe. How did it come out? I got clearance to Dallas. Dallas? What do you mean? I had to tell him something. Where we go when the wheels leave the ground is our business. Oh, I see. We'll sit down somewhere in Texas for gas. Cross the border before daylight. Mm. From then on, we can take our time. Good. When can we take off? 11.30 tonight. Be out here with your baggage at 11.15. All right, Joe. I'll be there. You hang up the phone and look at your watch. It's 8 o'clock, Elliot. There's plenty of time. You can have dinner, perhaps a drink afterwards. Stroll across town to Sheldon Craig's apartment. Chat with him for a few delicious minutes before you calmly take the gun from your pocket and shoot him down. Yes, it's come to seem so simple, hasn't it, Elliot? Two days alone in a hotel room can do things like this. You hate him. You'll kill him. You'll find a new life in Mexico or Point South. It's as simple as that. There's a pair of martinis and a good dinner under your belt at 10 o'clock as you press the buzzer outside his apartment. Note that hanging from the doorknob is the usual do not disturb on pain of death. Oh, Dawn. Good evening, Sheldon. You don't mind, Dawn. I'd rather you call it. Oh, I'm time. afraid I have to insist. Ooh. I see I must now add to your already staggering list of shortcomings that you can't read. I'd hope the sign on the doorknob. Oh, now, Sheldon, that certainly doesn't refer to me. Why, we've been comrades in arms too come, long. Come, come, Dawn. Why are you here? Let's get it over with. Well, you're not going to keep me out here in the entrance hall, I hope. I'd prefer to keep you in the basement. But if you're determined... Oh, to... I am. This way. I suspect you've come to carp about my review of Tall Tower. Hmm? It uh, goes a little beyond that, I'm afraid. A few months ago, I was on my way up again, Sheldon. A good review in that play could have done the trick. Oh, really? Now, look, man, what good does it oh, do Listen to... to me, Sheldon. Things began to break for me. There was this part, and more than that, a chance with Judith Haskell next fall, this quiet dust, her new play, the biggest opening of the season. Indeed. I've come to thank you, Sheldon. That review of yours, it was quite effective. Makes it possible for me now to look forward to a life of ease. No parts, no career, no clamoring public. Ah, the actor to the last, the closing speech, the final bow. Oh, stop it, Sheldon. How long did you think you could get by with this pulling strings, playing with people's lives, ruining them, because your, your dinner didn't agree with you the night you saw the play? Who gave you the right to do that, Sheldon? Well, answer me, who? You may shout as loud as you like, my man. The apartment's thoroughly soundproofed. And when you're through, you may go as noisily as you can. Oh, you've gone too far this time. This is one sure not Excuse going... Excuse me just a moment. He turns, Elliot, and your hand goes into your coat pocket. 
grips the handle of the automatic. Leaving it in the pocket, you raise the barrel, point it directly at his back. Your finger finds the trigger. Goodbye, Sheldon. Goodbye. Oh, don't go, Dawn. Not quite yet. <laughs> Missed fire. It... Come in, Judith. Uh-huh. Judith. You know Miss Haskell, of course. Why, why, Judith, what are you doing here? Well, I seem to have come here for the same reason as you, Elliot. I think Sheldon was most unfair in his treatment of you, and I was telling him so when you arrived. I, I, I have to stop. There's a chair right behind you, Dawn. Do collapse in it. Oh, please, Sheldon. I, uh, I couldn't help overhearing, Elliot. And yes, I... Dawn, you're a very convincing actor. Everywhere but on the stage. But I can't do much with a lady playwright when she's made up her mind. Uh, What's this all about? I want to use you, Elliot, in summer stock next month. We're reviving an old play of mine, Rendezvous with April. I've told you that it's against my better judgment, but if I'm wrong, I'll be willing to eat crow. And if it does work out, Elliot, I'm sure we'll be working together in the new play next fall. Good Lord, and I, I almost... What's the matter, Elliot? You almost what? Oh, oh, oh never mind, Judith, it... It doesn't matter now. With the prologue of Return Engagement, the Signal Oil Company is bringing you another strange story by The Whistler. And now back to The Whistler. It was almost supernatural, wasn't it, Elliot? Almost as if an invisible hand had reached down and snatched you away from destruction that night in Sheldon Craig's apartment. The night a defective bullet in the chamber of your pistol kept you from killing him with a witness in the next room and destroying in a split second the career Judith Haskell had already saved for you. It's May now, and with the performance of Judith's play only a few days off, you're deep in rehearsals at the Summer Theater in Connecticut. Wondering as you run through a scene with the actress if you're making the right impression on Judith. She's sitting out front with Leo Gilmore, the director. Try it again, Elliot. From after your entrance. Then it's been like this and so on. Right. You ready, Alice? Anytime. <clears throat> then it's been like this all the time, hasn't it? These evasions and half-truths. They've gone on for months now. Darling, I... I thought you knew. Thought I knew. Thought I'd hold Please, still. Please, dear, I... I should have choked the truth from you long ago. I should hold have realized... It. Hold it. Uh, what's the matter now, Leo? It's terrible. If this goes on, I'll give you both top billing and Madame Tussauds waxworks. What'll it pay? Oh, never mind the wisecracks, Alice. Well, Leo, how about my playing at stage left? Seems to be more natural if I crossed over... Go and... ahead. I'm ready to try anything. Just get some life into it. Sound all right to you, Judith? I'm just watching, Elliot. Do it your own way, dear. Of course, anyone knows the real meaning of the scene. It's the person who wrote it. Look, my friend, a five-year-old could tell you the meaning of this scene. A woman makes a confession to her husband. It stuns him. Then it angers him, and he's ready to kill her. All you have to do is believe it. Just hate me a little more, Elliot. Pretend I'm someone yeah, who that's just... It. Look, Elliot, make a little switch in your mind. You're not talking to Alice at all. It's, uh, well, Sheldon Craig, for instance. Oh, wait a minute, Gilmore. I've taken a lot from you, but I don't have to Shh, take that. Elliot. I'm only trying to be constructive, Elliot. Sounded more like an insult to me. Uh, look, let's drop rehearsals for today, shall we? Everybody's tired and on edge. Oh, it's not that. Judith, it's just... I think you're right, Judith. 
Well, that's all for today, everybody. Be here at 10 in the morning. Girls, don't forget your And, uh, Elliot, forget what I said about Sheldon Craig. All right, that's the first portion of The Whistler with Return Engagement, starring Joseph Kearns. Also in that cast, Eleanor Audley and John Brown. John Brown was Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. And uh, Marvin Miller is not only the announcer on here, he's also playing the Whistler. He's doing a double, double role there. We'll get back to the Whistler and more of Hollywood 360 after this short break. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Before we get back to the Whistler, I do want to remind you, Mies Meals, one of our sponsors, they're phenomenal And they have a special offer for all of our listeners all across the country. About 90-plus percent of the country can receive Mies Meals, and they are the best. They're absolutely the best meals on the planet. Go to MiesMeals.com. You will love Mies Meals. We have been having Mies Meals for a long time, a couple of years now, right, Lisa? We just love it. Mike loves it. I love it. Lisa loves it. I really appreciate uh, not having to do the planning and the shopping and all of that and just having all these great healthy ingredients delivered right to my door. I chose the uh, item that I wanted to make, which in this case was the drunken noodles with tofu. So we'll be uh, posting that next week. Every week they have like literally like seven to ten new dinner items for you, all kinds of great things. And uh, they have amazing chefs, the most, uh, the freshest food. It's really great. And they have a special offer for all of our listeners. Try Me's Meals and get 50% off your first order when you use the promo code CARL at checkout. 50% off. That's a great deal. Go to MeesMeals.com, M-E-E-Z Meals.com. Make sure to enter promo code CARL at checkout. Get 50% off your first order. All right, we're listening to The Whistler. This is called Return Engagement. Here's the conclusion. But you can't forget, Elliot. You spend an hour strolling around the bridle paths near the hotel. Give that up and settle down on the porch. Try to concentrate on a magazine. But the print wobbles before your eyes and your mind keeps focusing on one unassailable fact. Sheldon Craig hates you, and it's in his power to ruin you. This waspish little bantam with his opera cloak and sword cane 
who plays with theater people as if they were his private puppets. How much will you sell them for, Elliot? Oh, oh, Judith. <laughs> what do you mean? Your thoughts. I'll buy them. Oh, I was just reading this magazine. You've been staring into space for ten minutes I was watching. I didn't realize it was so obvious. I, I guess I ought to apologize to you about this morning, Judith. I don't see why. <laughs> I think I prefer you when you're being venomous about Sheldon. You know, Elliot, he wouldn't bait you if you didn't react so violently. I think he would. It's been going on for 15 years now. Well, he does pride himself on his honesty as a critic. Do you trust his judgment, Judith? I have to consider him, you know. He's ripped into plays of mine more than once. You didn't answer my question. Do you trust oh, him? Oh, Elliot, this is no day for answering questions. It's a wonderful day for driving. Now be a darling and take me into town. You mean New York? Well, why do you think I canceled rehearsal? We'll have cocktails and dinner and be back here before midnight. Why, Judith, I... You're making such a shameless wench of me, Elliot. Is it asking too much I to... know, Judith, not at all. I, I think it's a wonderful idea. Good, let's go. It was a little startling, Elliot, as you sat there looking at her. As the simple, the obvious reason for everything. For a visit to Craig's apartment that night. For this part in the summer play and the promise of next fall. As all of it suddenly became clear. Yes, it seems perfectly natural to you now, Elliot. This woman, this middle-aged playwright, is in love with you. You feel more at home now, more in command of things as you glance sidewise at her during the drive to New York. And in the dim light of the cocktail room that evening, you know you're on familiar ground. Yes, Elliot, that fall opening is in your pocket. How's the martini? Wonderful. Good. Are you watching for someone, Judith? I've noticed ever since we came in that... Frankly, darling, I've been putting off telling you, but I've asked Sheldon Craig to meet me. You what? Oh, he might not like it either. But I thought that if the three of us had dinner, you two might... Oh, wait, there he is. Here we are, Sheldon, over here. Well, if I'd known, I'd have asked for a darker corner. Oh, now stop it. I think it's up to you to straighten things out with him. Sheldon, dear. Ah, Judith, my love. The mere sight of you intoxicates me. Oh, you intoxicate much too easily, Sheldon. Aren't you going to speak to Elliot? I'm already suffering the quickest hangover in history. <laughs> You're not in the theater now, Sheldon. Try to be human, will you? What are you drinking? Oh, wheels revolve within wheels the moment I enter this establishment, my dear. My waiter's coming over here now. Oh, really? Your courvoisier, Monsieur Craig. Thank you, thank you. Well, cheers, everybody. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm the hungriest man in Manhattan at the moment. Right now, Judith, my appetite almost exceeds my love for you. It's funny. I've lost mine completely. Elliot, you're not going to stay. If you don't mind, no. But I do mind. After all, that's the one reason I arranged oh, this. Strictly business, eh, Judith? Never mind, old boy. Just long home and rehearse your life. Oh, please, Sheldon. Elliot, I do. No, really, Judith. I, I'd rather not. I, I've got to get out of here. A delightful exit, my boy. Strength. Character. Purpose. <laughs> <laughs> You're furious as you walk away from them, aren't you, Elliot? As Sheldon's mocking laugh follows you outside. It's still ringing in your ears a few hours later as you drive back to Connecticut after a few more drinks. And there's something else. His voice tearing you down, destroying your chances, undermining you in Judith's eyes. I seldom make mistakes, Judith. Elliot Dorn is simply not an actor, that's all. By the time you arrive at the summer playhouse, you're in the grip of a murderous rage. You run the car into the garage alongside the inn, slam the door as you get out, walk around to the front and settle down in a chair on the porch. It's only a few minutes later that a car drives up. 
much, Sheldon, dear. I really enjoyed the dinner. I too, my dear. Even that delightful bit of ham at the cocktail hour. <laughs> Never mind, Dad. Well, just remember what I told you. Never let sentiment interfere with art or business. Good night, Sheldon. Good night, Have a good time, Judith? Oh, why, Elliot, I didn't realize you were here. I, uh, I've been waiting for you. You could have had dinner with me, you know. I'm sorry about that. So am I, Elliot. You acted very badly. Well, maybe I'm a little mixed up, Judith. Oh? Well, the way you planned it all, asked me to go, I, I thought... What did you think, Elliot? Well, that it was important to you that we have dinner alone. It, it was important to me. Because you can't stand Sheldon Crane? Oh, no, Judith. Because, well... Wait a minute. Oh, oh no. Elliot, you're not trying to say that, <laughs> that you're in love with me. Is it so funny? Yes, it's a scream. <laughs> oh, no wonder you couldn't get the line out. You can only say things like that on the stage, Elliot. Oh, no, wait a minute, Judith. And I suppose you thought I might be falling in love with you. Oh, Elliot, you didn't. Oh, no. Look, I don't quite see that it's so funny. Oh, Elliot, let's be honest with one another. You're in love with yourself. And me? Well, I'm a big girl now. I know all about actors who want parts in my plays. That isn't true, Judith. As far as tonight's concerned, I had one thing in mind. It's extremely important for both of us to be in Sheldon's good graces. That's all. I'm, I'm sorry if I assumed too much. Good. Then we'll forget it. I think you can act, Elliot. And that's all you'll have to do to get that part in the fall. I'm not so sure with Sheldon muttering in your ear. Oh, I'll handle Sheldon. In the meantime, you might borrow his suggestion and worry about your lines. I, I hope I haven't messed things up too much, Judith. Well, you've done nothing a good performance won't cure. <laughs> good night, Elliot. You watch her turn away, walk through the door to the inn. Your throat feels dry, your neck tight and uncomfortable against your collar. She really struck at your pride, didn't she, Elliot? But it's good to know that you didn't get too far out of line. Now all that remains is the thing Judith asked for, a good performance. You're determined to give one. Somehow, a few nights later, when the curtain goes up in the dress rehearsal, and you know that Judith and a number of critics and special friends are out there watching you suddenly find yourself move into the part like it was written for you. Every nerve keyed to the proper pitch until you know that you can't miss. The play is nearly over when you're aware of something else. Sheldon Craig sitting with Judith, whispering in her ear, and a moment later, the two of them get up and go out. It's all you can do to finish the play now, isn't it, Elliot? Yes, he's finally made Judith listen. And as you move mechanically through the lines and motions before the final curtain, you promise yourself that tonight, the moment you can get away, you'll drive to New York for a showdown with Sheldon Craig. Nice going, Elliot. Very swell. Yes, yes, great, wasn't I? You were, really tough. Yes, so great that Judith walked out before it was even over. Huh? Before my biggest scene, she walked out with Sheldon Craig. Oh, stop talking silly, Elliot, and get out there for another bow. They want you. Probably made my last bow in a theater. Oh, leave me alone, Leo. I'm going to bed. What manner of beast comes ringing at the door? 
Dawn, what the devil? I want to talk to you, Sheldon. Two in the morning? Please, I have a poor appreciation of my own intellect at this hour. I'm sure you have nothing to say that could possibly interest me. I'm coming in, Sheldon. I didn't drive all the way from Connecticut for a brush-off. But I only just got in myself. I had to stop by the office, Dawn. I'm dead tired, man. Yes, so am I. Of the way you're kicking me around. Well? We're going to have it out, Sheldon, right now. And you can begin by telling me why Judith got up and left with you during the third act. Oh, you notice. Why did she do it? What did you tell her? Oh, my dear fellow, that play of hers ran 300 performances on Broadway. Plus her own screen adaptation. You don't think it holds much freshness for her at this late date, do you? Answer my question. What did you tell her about me? Really, Dawn, if this keeps up, I shall have to change my mind about your abilities. Go back to Connecticut. You bore me. Why, you pompous, conceited little... You soured Judith against me, didn't you? Take your hands off me. Please be good enough to stand aside. Once I get my cane from this hat rack, your I'll have Your cane, your sword cane. Oh, no, Sheldon. Well, you can't... Oh, but I can, Sheldon. I have the cane now. What is this? Your own sword cane, Sheldon. What could be more appropriate? It's poetic, almost poetic. Dawn, are you crazy? With your own sword cane. Randall's flying service. Joe, this is Dawn again. Look, I said I'd call you I can't wait. I've got to know. But I... Tell me, when can we take off? Tomorrow night for sure. Good. That's all I want to know. But you're going to make sure this time, Elliot. It's a gamble. With Mexico and freedom on one side, your career on the other. You know you still have a chance. That it's possible no one knows of your trip to New York. Certainly not of your visit to Sheldon Craig's apartment. So you return to the inn in Connecticut to a day of torture as you wait for the news to break. Uh, the morning papers come in yet, miss? No, I'm sorry, Mr. Doyne, not yet. Oh, I guess I'm just not hungry. What's the matter, Judith? I can't help feeling that something's wrong, Elliot. I can't reach Sheldon at his apartment. Maybe he had to go out of town or something. Well, he didn't say anything last night. I'm going to call him again, Elliot. I'll come with you. No, no, you'd better go on to the theater. It's the benefit show tonight, and we want everything to go right. I'll see you in your dressing room just before curtain. You watch her go, then get up, sign the check, and walk to the theater. It's like waiting for an axe to fall, Elliot. And you almost want to give up right now and get to the airport. But you have to be sure. There might be a chance, Elliot. You may not even be suspected. You're sitting at your dressing table, putting on your makeup when it finally comes. You hear it all through the door. Leo Gilmore talking to your leading lady. Alice. Yes? Have you seen Dawn? I think he's in his dressing room, Leo. Why? What is it? This. You read it? Lord, I can't understand it. What are you talking about? Right here. See? Actor slays critic. What? Here, let me read that. It's all there in black and white. Actor slays critic. <laughs> the payoff with Dawn and his old enemy, Sheldon Craig. Oh, Leo, let's go talk to him. Let's knock on his door. There it is, Elliot. They found Elliot. him. And somehow they know. You stare at the door, Elliot, wondering what there? to do. Your eyes go to the window. Elliot. Outside, you pause at the mouth of the alley. There's a crowd in front of the theater. And then you see something that stops you in your tracks. Police cars, Elliot. Several of them swinging in at the curb. 
Your car's across the street. It's a long chance, but you've got to take it. Oh, Judith. Oh, yes, Leo. Where's Elliot? Have you seen him? Well, not oh, since... Leo. There he is across the street. Well, Elliot, well, where's he going? He's acting crazy. Look at that police car. Elliot, look out! Leo, what's the matter with him, the way he's driving? Well, he's going to crash. Elliot, look out! <laughs> Elliot. Elliot. Oh, no. Yes, you knew it was a gamble, Elliot. That once again you had a choice between freedom and a career. And it was only too clear from the headlines of the evening paper, from the gathering of police cars outside the theater, which way you had to go. Yes, Elliot, you murdered Sheldon Craig. And in that moment of blind panic outside the theater, you paid the price. How is he, Doctor? Yes, how is he? He won't last the night. Oh, no. There's not a chance. I was afraid of that. What do you suppose got into him, Leo, running out that way, driving his car like a madman? Who knows? <laughs> that cop in the police car was lucky to walk away from the wreck. Great thing to happen at a police benefit. Oh, Leo, there's something terribly ironic about all this. Poor Elliot. For 15 years, Sheldon Craig has hounded him in his column until the rehearsal last night. What is all this? This is Sheldon Craig's last review of Elliot Dawn, Doctor. Read it to him, Leo. Actor slays critic. Succumbing to the blandishments of a certain playwright, your correspondent violated two personal rulings of long standing last evening by attending a summer theater and catching the dress rehearsal of Rendezvous with April. For the record, let us state that Elliot Dawn has arrived. Indeed, this critic congratulates Judith Haskell for picking Elliot Dawn as the lead for her new play, certain to be the hit of next season. Let Broadway ring with the news. Elliot Dawn simply slays Sheldon Craig. Let that whistle be your signal for the signal oil program, The Whistler. Each Wednesday night at this time, brought to you by the Signal Oil Company, marketers of Signal gasoline and motor oil, and fine quality automotive accessories. Signal sends birthday greetings to all Girl Scouts and a wish for the success of this year's big project, Clothes for Friendship. If you would like to help in clothing the destitute children overseas, call your Girl Scouts office tomorrow. Featured in tonight's story were Joseph Kearns, Eleanor Audley, and John Brown. The Whistler was produced by George W. Allen, with story by Leslie Edgeley and music by Wilbur Hatch, and was transmitted to our troops overseas by the Armed Forces Radio Service. Next Wednesday, for a full hour of mystery over most of these stations, tune in a half hour earlier. Enjoy The Saint as well as The Whistler. Now I'd like to repeat this special announcement for California listeners only. Due to the change to daylight saving time in California, the Whistler will be heard next Wednesday an hour later at 8.30 instead of 7.30. Remember the time, 8.30 for California listeners only. In all other areas, the Whistler will be heard at its regular time. This is Marvin Miller speaking. This is CBS, where 99 million people gather every week, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
notice how he was talking faster at the end there because these were live, you know, and they they were looking up at a big clock, right? And the director was there saying, you know, faster, faster, giving you one of those. Come yeah, on, come on, come on, before. come on, Marvin, come on, Marvin Miller, <laughs> <Let's go. laughs> talk faster. That is the Whistler with Return Engagement, sponsored by Signal Oil from March 10th, 1948. Hope you enjoyed that. It starred Joseph Kearns along with Eleanor Audley and John Brown is heard on CBS. Now, you had a little little, um, message for our listeners, right? Yes, Broadway in Chicago presents Anastasia, Carl, from the Tony Award-winning creators of the Broadway classic Ragtime. Is that a woman named Anna and then Stasia is her last name? No, it's just Anastasia. Oh, okay. Right, inspired by the beloved film Anastasia is a dazzling new show that transports us from the twilight of the Russian Empire to the euphoria of Paris in the 1920s as a young woman sets out to discover the mystery of her past. So Anastasia played to sold-out audiences on Broadway for over three years, Carl, and has garnered over 15 major international awards, but now it's on tour across North America. Mm. So it will be in Chicago for one week only. That's September 20th through the 25th at Broadway in Chicago's CIBC Theater. That's 18 West Monroe Street. I will be there on Tuesday, September 20th. I would love to see our Chicago listeners there. Uh, Check it out for more information. Visit www.broadwayinchicago.com. And then it's going all across the country, huh? It sure is. So uh, if you're not in Chicago, check it out, and you can find out when it's coming to a city near you. All right. Very good. Terrific. Uh, Very, very. I know you won't miss it oh no i'm so excited no, no, to see I, know, it. I know you won't miss it <laughs> all right time for this month in music history all right we're still in the 1950s this one was released in 1958 yeah this is um buddy holly it's not. It's the Everly oh, Brothers. It's the Everly Brothers. Okay. Uh, this is called All I Have to Do is Dream. Uh, okay. This was actually made famous by the Everly Brothers, released really? in 58. Uh, it was recorded by them live in just two takes, which is, uh, I guess, a real accomplishment. Wow, only two takes. Right. We do this in one take. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, whenever you make a mistake, you know, I just, just call you out on it, and that's the way it goes. Air. That's it. It's live. Yeah. We do this show live. Right. Oh. <laughs> so we try not to focus on the errors unless you like to point them out every so often. You mean like your popping of your peas? That's it. That's what yeah. I was referring to. And me to. saying pack instead of peck? You do all sorts of things. I just don't usually call you out on them well, on the air. Thanks, Lisa. You're welcome. You're so sweet. I know. You're so sweet. <laughs> I mean, See what I, I do for you? Everybody says that about you. Mm-hmm. You're so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all relative, I guess. <laughs> it is. <laughs> More of Hollywood 360 coming your way, so stay with us. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. In our next hour, it's the Dennis Day Show. We've never aired one. 1946 broadcast. And then we'll play Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous, the music edition. That's right. It's going to be Bad Songs Part 3. So we'll see if you agree with some of my choices. All right. That's all in our next hour 
Dennis Day, and then Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous? So stick around. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.